Good morning. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, I had the great privilege of going to a town hall meeting last night with my representative of Congress and said, hey, what about gambling addiction? What about federal dollars for gambling addiction? So I actually got to take part in the process and ask a question. Now, you know, he gave me an answer that was, well, I think all addiction should be funded, which seemed to be a very political answer. But I appreciated the effort, and I, you know, it was nice for me to take part in the process and, and go see this. And anybody who is able and willing, I would encourage you to do the same when your Congress member has a town hall to ask why there's no federal dollars for gambling, addiction, research, prevention, treatment, all the above. Anyways, I had a great time doing it. However, if you're new to recovery and you're in recovery and you're trying still to get your life sorted out, don't worry about any of this. Don't pay attention to any of the advocacy. You just, you do you, you stay healthy in recovery. That's the most important thing. Speaking of recovery, great guy on the podcast today, uh, Jason Heffern from Gamban. Gamban is our sponsor and they provided us with him to come in and answer our questions. And you know what? He exceeded all expectations. He was terrific sharp and witty and fun and good to talk to and uh, is a good addition to their team he's new over there please enjoy this podcast with him and my thanks as always to both gamban and epic for sponsoring the podcast don't want to forget epic and guess what because i said those both out loud i've saved you all from the ads and my singing voice at the end enjoy the podcast take care see you on the friday morning meeting Hello and welcome to All In The Addictive Gamblers Podcast. My name is Brian and I haven't placed a bet since July of 2014. And my name is Jeff. I haven't placed a bet since July of 2015. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Brian. Jeff, we have uh, uh, somebody we don't know, but company has been with us for a while now. And I'm excited to learn more about what they are offering. Today, Jason Heffern from Gamban is here to tell us what is new with Gamban and all about himself. Jason, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Jason, would you tell everybody how you came to be at Gamban and what your role is? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so I joined Gamban at the start of uh, this cursed pandemic year, 2021. Um, I've joined the external affairs team at Gamban working to supplement the great work already kind of uh, put down by a few of my colleagues. Names Mel, I believe, has already been on the podcast before. Mel and Jack have both been on, and Matt's been on. Yeah, yeah, um, and they've been working brilliantly, kind of across Europe, the UK, Africa, America, all over the place, just trying to kind of help as many people as possible. uh, Talk to the right people, see see what we can do to support. Um, And I was privileged to be offered the chance to kind of supplement what they're doing. and talk to more people about more things about regulation about policy about campaigns we can get involved in and yeah take such pride in working for them well if gamban is adding people that's good news absolutely yeah um what's your background how where are you from yeah uh, so i i was born in london to irish parents um and then kind of grew up near cambridge in suffolk uh, in, in kind of the east of England, um, went to university in Birmingham in the UK, and then following that, uh, ended up at Gamble Aware for a period of time, um, interned there, and then uh, kind of stayed on supporting their conferencing programs and things like that. Uh, following that, I then moved into communications, uh, political lobbying, um, and then ended up 
coming across this role with Gamban kind of was very, very lucky that combined my kind of two relevant portfolios of experience. So I'm seriously passionate about safer gambling. I have a mild lived experience of kind of gambling addiction in the past, but more, I think, to do with mental health and things like that. And I was a big advocate for that publicly whilst at university um, and being given the chance to work every day on that was something I could, couldn't say no to. So, so do you think that your exposure to at least some level of experience with uh, problem gambling has um, helped you in terms of just causing you to be passionate about what you're doing or, or is it really belief in the product itself? It is both. Uh, I'm a longtime Gamban user, but uh, more, more importantly, it was uh, eye-opening to me at university. So in the, in the UK, aged 18, you get sent off to a different city. And for the first time in your life, most people have access to a large amount of disposable income. Uh, I'd previously worked in the gambling industry before university at race courses, new market race course in the UK. Um, so kind of was lived around gambling all the time. And then you have access to this money and those thoughts kind of protrude when money can be tight in the middle of a school term. Should I gamble? Should I not? It was never about financial loss for me, but I found myself no longer enjoying sports and, and things like that because the thought was there that maybe I should gamble on this. And it became so preoccupying that I said, woke up and I was like, nope, I'm not doing this anymore. And I, I'm not anti-gambling in the slightest. Um, I, I still put money down every year playing fantasy football, NFL, American football, love it, play it with my friends. It's a real social event for me. But beyond that, um, I, I just said that gambling wasn't for me and then wanted to help people. Some, some of my very closest friends during university suffered to a far greater extent than I did. Uh, it was eye-opening. Uh, and this product uh, has served me and multiple, I can say firsthand, some of the people closest to me use this product. So, yeah. Well, let's, in, in case anybody's listening who, who is unfamiliar with Gamban, would you explain what Gamban is and what it does? Absolutely, yeah. So Gamban is a device-level blocking software that any individual around the world could, can download. Um, and you download it across all your devices and it blocks access to gambling apps and websites. Um, so if you wanted to go and search for FanDuel uh, in the US um, and you had Gamban installed, it would simply just flash up and say, you, you cannot access this site. It, it's non-intrusive. It, it doesn't do anything other than block pretty much all gambling websites. Well, we have a world leading block list that's updated manually on a daily basis. Every single website that makes it on there is checked by an individual, but that list now runs at north of 50,000 domains that are blocked. Like we're, we're comfortable that it covers at least 99% of all gambling websites and it is being updated on a daily basis. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's the essence of the product. It's, it's not a silver bullet, but it's, it certainly creates friction um, in reducing gambling harm for individuals. Yeah, uh, works supports the wider ecosystem quite well. Yeah, Jeff and I have seen uh, a lot of just organic mentions of it mm -hmm. in our travels through this universe. Um, people will just bring it up in in chat rooms or in support rooms. Uh, so it's really nice to hear uh, what the impact is of Gamban. Jeff, you have a question. I'm, go ahead. Yeah, just I, I was just going to say that, and this may this may be you know beyond your expertise, but. Um, Sometimes I'll talk to somebody who's very um, new in recovery or even struggling whether or not to actually engage in abstinence. Mm -hmm. 
And when the issue of blocking websites come comes up, um, and you know, products like Gamban, um, it's usually that younger population that is pretty tech savvy, and they say, "Well, I could get around it." Mm-hmm. You know, I'm smart enough to be able to get around it and using a different VPN or whatever it is, which is way above my head when that conversation takes place. But what what do you say to people that, you know, still feel like they have to be 100% foolproof in not being able to access these websites in order to be successful? Um, we'd say the Gamban is never intended as a standalone solution. Uh, what, our added value is in our collaboration. Um, we want to work closely with self-exclusion registers in every jurisdiction, be that in the U- United States and beyond. Um, we are strong advocates of uh, banks introducing a gambling transaction block on accounts. Um, we've campaigned for that in the past, and we can say now that over half of UK bank accounts uh, in the United Kingdom have access to a gambling transaction block, so they can turn it, that on. And then if they wanted to turn that off, there tends to be a freeze period of anything from one to three days before they then still be allowed to gamble. The idea here is that once you start to layer up the measures that make it more difficult for someone to gamble, that that period in between them trying to get around it, they might then look at self-reflection. And this, this we've all been on recovery journeys. It's about having the strength within yourself to trust in the therapy you've received or, or the help you've been given um, and, and, and stop and think, wait, why am I doing this? And go back to that support network that exists. Um, it's just, yeah. It, it, what, and then the other beauty of Gamban on top of that is it does block black market websites so and apps so where a self-exclusion register might not be able to uh kind of protect someone from unlicensed operators in a jurisdiction we do pick up on those um and we would kind of block access and again that friction should hopefully be enough to help protect people in the meantime what about things like social casinos i mean i i know some people though I'm not a big fan of this, that we'll go on a social casino because it's not cost, they, they feel it's not costing them anything and they're able to sort of target their energy and not lose money. Um, does Gamban impact their access to social casinos? Yes, I believe we do, yep. Yeah, no, we do. Uh, anything where you can um, gamble with currency, um, we, we tend to block and, we also are acutely aware of the kind of blurred lines between gaming, gambling, and investing. Um, we've been conducting in extensive kind of internal research using external bodies and things like that um, on, on what this means going forward for protecting people. Um, there's certainly problematic products that exist in the investing space, which we don't currently block, um, but we, we, we're really trying to become thought leaders in this space, having worked every single day, like assessing what what constitutes gambling, whether a product should or should not be blocked. And uh, in the coming months, hopefully we'll have more to say on that. That's excellent. Um, the uh, The list of states has grown since we last spoke with uh, Mel and Jack. Would you talk about where people can receive Gamban through either a state council or a, or a public health service in the United absolutely. absolutely yeah um so it stands now at seven i believe uh, we've got california we've got the california council on problem gambling 
wherever you reach out, you, you'd be offered a free Gamban license. I'll put, there'll be links in the show notes for anybody who lives in these states. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Brian. Uh, New Jersey, the Compulsive Gambling uh, Council of New Jersey. Uh, in Illinois, through NICASA. Um, in Minnesota, through the North Star Problem Gambling Alliance. Uh, in West Virginia, through the Problem Gambling Help Network of West Virginia. And then in North Carolina, through the Department of Health and Human Services. So we're up to six states where if you cannot afford Gamban, you could go and get Gamban for free for a period of time. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but just we, we do try and make the product as accessible as possible. So uh, the rolling charge in the US for anyone who wants to sign up outside of those states is currently at $349 a month or a $35 per year license. Which is, you know, in the grand scheme, nothing. It, to stop yeah. and we do find that there are a substantial portion of our user base that even when offered the service for free would like to pay for it because it feels like more of a commitment and a decision undertaken by themselves That's uh, yeah. puts them in control so we are always keen to offer that there so if someone wants autonomy over the decision themselves and in what is the process like in trying to get a state to adopt your software to give out to their constituents? Um, some states are more progressive on, on talking responsible gambling than others. Uh, the treatment service providers we've talked to, they're, they're all great. Um, often the biggest issue they have is funding. Um, and that's a kind of a very salient point as we move forward with the um, liberalization and legalization of betting through through many states is is what's there for people that need support be it through tech is it be it through treatment be it through prevention campaigns and and um kind of education that delivers um what i like to call like moving the needle um that really kind of helps people understand how, how gambling works what what the sign of a gambling addiction is um so it it, it really depends um and we'll work with any stakeholder in a state, be it the regulator, be it the public health body, be it an operator op operating in that state um, to try and uh, make gamble as, Gamban as accessible as possible. Speaking of an operator, uh, you also did an agreement with FanDuel? We did, yeah, as part of their um, Responsible Gambling Month in March. We, uh, we'd been talking to them for quite some time and they then came forward and said that they wanted to roll out Gamban over the coming months in all licensed US states. Uh, so we've started with them in New Jersey and Indiana and the rollouts there. Um, obviously, it was a very brave move by them, but what the way it works is that they, anyone who self-excludes from the FanDuel platform will be offered um, Gamban license alongside that. Um, and that has the benefit of them understanding that anyone who then takes that up wouldn't be able to just self-exclude from FanDuel and then go and gamble with, with a direct competitor, but they're, they're giving them the tool that will help protect them from all gambling apps and websites. Um, and we also, during uh, Problem Gambling Month, announced a deal with Unibet, uh, who are also rolling us out in all licensed states for them. Uh, obviously, they're kind of starting out, they're currently a smaller organization in the US than FanDuel but they uh, have been offering Gamban licenses in Indiana, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey, and then we'll also soon be doing so in Virginia. Okay, so the, the, wherever FanDuel's licensed, you should be able to... Yeah, that, that, that's, that's an ongoing process, but that, that, that will be happening. 
we're there. We are also we're talking to multiple states about kind of aligning with their um, licensed self-exclusion registers um, to kind of try and mimic what we're doing in the UK with, with the Talk Ban Stop campaign, which uh, brings together therapy, self-exclusion and device level blocking software. So anyone who rings up the National Gambling Helpline in the UK is then offered uh, therapy and they're offered a uh, walk through the process of signing up to GamStop, which blocks all licensed operators um, so that you wouldn't be able to gamble on their websites or in shops. And then Gamban, the device level blocking software, which then has the added benefit of tackling the black market as well. Jason, let me ask you something. Um, you know, you, you mentioned the term responsible gambling, and mm -hmm. that's always a term that sometimes engenders a lot of controversy because, you know, people don't understand what, what is meant by responsible gambling. And for people like Brian and me, responsible gambling means no gambling, means complete abstinence. And I assume that GAMBAN is for people that have decided or it's been decided that they need to stop gambling. And as you point out, it's not a standalone uh, solution. Uh, it is a roadblock, like other roadblocks, which, in my view, and I'm sure yours as well, should be coupled with certain um, recovery options, such as therapy and support groups and so on. Uh, but when you, when you mention responsible gambling, that, in, in, to me at least, that would encompass people that want to maybe continue to engage in gambling, but take a more of a harm reduction approach and you know, would rather have a cooling off period rather than a complete blocker. Mm -hmm. So uh, first of all, I guess, am, am I correct that Gamban is for, for the person that that has decided or is decided that abstinence is the way to responsibly gamble or, you know, not gamble at all? Yes, that's exactly what we stand for. Uh, it's exactly my individual experience with the product uh, but long before I ever worked for them and how I first became aware of them. It is for that person that takes a step, be it if unfortunately they've had a substantial loss or they are struggling with kind of the idea of gambling in general. Um, Gamban is there to block all gambling apps and websites. Um, yeah, so that that is responsible gambling is a very individual term, but you, you're completely right there. And I would agree, like my version of responsible gambling is also not to gamble. Um, yeah, I 100% agree on that. Jason, before we started recording, we started to get into some policies and what you think will happen in the fall with the NFL. Um, can we get back into that conversation and, and sort of talk about some current events and whatever absolutely. knowledge you want to drop on the subject? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to qualify it all first by saying I'm a big American sports fan, um, despite the British accent. <laughs> absolutely love American football. NFL season is a... It's great over here because I know NFL Sundays are big in the US, but kind of starts at about 6 p.m. our time. So <laughs> the telly will just be uh, football for anything between six and 12 hours, depending on when you might want to go to bed. So, um, yeah, it's it'll be really interesting with, with kind of the acceleration in legalization across many states in the last 12 to 18 months of gambling and all the major sporting leagues. But the NFL now, especially also looking at um gambling and, and what that can add to the product um, to the extent to which advertising will be included in programming and will there be any blowback to that because um, certainly as more and more people come forward with their story of gambling experiencing gambling harm 
um, the public becomes more aware of the impact this advertising can have. So it'll be very interesting to see what measures they put in place to negate that and make sure that effective support is there for people that need it. Yeah, um, my home, the state I grew up in Michigan is still the, the teams I like and, uh, you know, still home to me. So I pay attention to Michigan and I was listening to the Detroit Tigers game last night and the Detroit Tigers radio announcer, this is the first time I had heard this, did two live reads within five minutes of each other, two different gambling operators. And I hadn't, I'd heard ads before listening to the games, but I hadn't heard a live read before. And it was just, it was jarring to hear this radio announcer that I've listened to for ages uh, advertised directly to me from his mouth. So it, it's a different time. I, I knew it was going to happen, but it's still strange when you hear it out loud. And so I'm not in a state right now. I mean, Connecticut passed the law, but we're not set up to gamble yet. So I don't see the advertising, but when I listen to it from another state, wow, there is a lot of gambling ads. And I'm sure we're at a small percentage of what you see every day in your life. Yeah. Or at least. Yeah. It's, it's nothing new to me. Um, like I, I was able to recall kind of gambling companies from genuinely, I, I can remember seeing adverts from when I was nine or 10, um, certain organizations, just the types of, it, it, it wasn't necessarily targeting children, but these adverts were wall-to-wall football games in the UK like it was just you could not you still can't move for gambling advertising in, in a football stadium on the shirts um, and it, it just normalizes these um, there's a study that showed over half of ki- like kids in the UK can name gambling companies long before they're able to gamble um, and, and, and they're the unintended consequences of uh, liberalization and legalization um, is that normalizing gambling and the branding and that therefore the product that comes with that as well. I'm, I'm waiting for the day and it's going to happen where LeBron James is wearing one of the operators on his Jersey. And I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I don't get triggered generally unless I'm mm-hmm. around a casino, perhaps um, mm-hmm. sports gambling won't really trigger me. So I'm able to watch and see all this. Mm-hmm. And, it, but it, it I had a talk. I, I messaged a guy who writes about sports that I know from doing this podcast. And I said, what happens when it gets into the minor league ballparks? Cause he had written an article about it. And I, cause minor league baseball versus major league baseball, minor league is sort of more family oriented because they're all in these smaller towns around the country and they sort of adopt these teams. And he had written this article about it, moving in, possibly moving into these minor league teams. And I just think that seems to be a mistake for what the minor league teams stand for and do. But I fear that, you know, minor league baseball is always financially hit or miss. So I'm sure they see dollar signs and we'll do the same thing that everybody else does and get it in there. And that that I think minor league baseball, for whatever reason, really sticks out to me as a is a point where I think I then would start to turn the corner and, and maybe be a little more anti than I am so liberally for gambling go gamble i'm fine with that but if once you start advertising in minor league ballparks i'm just going to be a little sick it's i completely understand and i I wouldn't disagree with that potential analysis either because as someone living in britain a lot of the allure for the major kind of american sports is kind of the color schemes and the jerseys and like the nfl kind of the uniforms and the nba and it, it, it that's part of the product um like 
they're iconic kits like on any given Sunday <laughs> look at me using the terminology but you'd know if the Dallas Cowboys are on television because it's the Dallas Cowboys um, and for that reason I don't think we'd ever see kind of in the same way that we had in the UK I don't think we'll necessarily see shirt sponsorship in, in the top level sports in the US but where really? the money is shorter I, I really don't think we would uh, like oh interesting I don't I don't see where it would belong on an NFL jersey because obviously you have the number front and back and, and that's actually an important part of how the game is played with knowing who you're up against and things like that. But that's not to say it won't happen, but I, I, would, I would be surprised because I think they, they see the value in the product. That's, I, I, that's, uh, see, we think about this so much that. over here because we're so used to seeing gambling companies on football shirts. Um, my, my, I'm a Tottenham Hotspur fan. Um, they've had multiple gambling companies involved in the past. Um, still have a gambling partner now, although they're no longer on the shirts, but you see the tweets going out from the social media accounts and stuff. Um, you just almost accept it's part and parcel, but hopefully that will change in the coming years in the UK. Yeah. Did you watch that documentary, the Channel 4 one? I'm sure you did. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gambling addiction. I made it about three quarters of the way through. I had to run off and, and do something, but that was fascinating mm -hmm. to see. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't get to see that firsthand. Could you tell a little bit about the documentary and, and just the overall idea of that from what you're seeing where you are with football? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was um, much like in the US. I think this is an important place to start. Much like in the US, the UK can be uh, quite a partisan place when it comes to politics. Mm -hmm. uh, but kind of gambling, the gambling review is one of the few issues, I think, in this current parliament that has cross -party, broad cross-party consensus uh, and and people from all sides kind of coming together and going, this can't go on. So it was the ex-Scottish uh, Conservative leader, Ruth Davidson, uh, it was her first kind of like TV documentary since leaving frontline politics, it was looking at the relationship between football and gambling and looking at the extent to which there was advertising. So forgive me, but I, this is a ballpark figure. I think it was something that gambling brands during the, a televised football match appeared something like 900 times. Um, and then was looking at the extent to which they're marketed through uh, text messages and emails. So when you sign up to an account, how uh, frequently you're contacted and also looked at kind of the cross-selling of products within that. Um, and then what I found interesting is they talked to C-level executives, like, uh, like chief marketing officers for football clubs who said that this money is needed and it you do lose a percentage of revenue if you don't take on these sponsorships. So it kind of made the case that regulation will be needed in this area, like political intervention to under the like premise that this is a public health issue. Um, we've made we've made a lot of progress in the last decade in the UK looking at that and understanding it as a, um, an addiction and that interventions would be needed. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, I'd recommend anyone who can uh, find any way of watching that in the US, it is really eye-opening to the extent to which gambling can become normalized within a sport. Yeah, the 75% I saw was brilliant. I loved it and it, it fascinating. I want to watch it again. I, uh, you know, a VPN and a, a friend's Channel 4 login and I watched it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, absolutely, uh, I'm sure there'll be more coming out in the coming months as well. So do keep an eye on various uh, Twitters and whatnot and we, we'll share more documentaries as and when they come out. I remember that when it was airing, I saw a lot on Twitter and, and they talked about it in the documentary. Would these minor league football clubs 
fall apart without the funding? Do you think that makes sense? Are they still reliant on that word? I, I swear I saw some tweets where people were like, if they don't have that money, then the club's going to disappear. Well, yeah, um, I think, so Skybet, for instance, is sponsor uh, the championship, League One and League Two, which are the second, third and fourth tiers of uh, football in the UK. And so they sponsor that league. They're the title sponsor for that. And yeah, they they played a role in it there, but it's it's not a zero sum game. So there might be X percent of rev, uh, advertising revenue loss, but it's not that they're not going to have a sponsor. It, it, we want to have a look at the types of sponsors we have. Uh, again, the UK, especially in, in shirt sponsorship and stuff like that, you've long since had kind of iconic sponsors. Like I remember growing up and Manchester United had Vodafone, like the telephone company as a sponsor and Arsenal, even though I'm not a massive Arsenal fan, I was a Spurs fan, they were uh, sponsored for years by Sega. And, and these are like kind of these household brands and you'd hold an affinity to. And these gambling companies, many of which often don't even operate in the UK, but use the shirt sponsorship space for their advertising efforts in Asia and, and other markets, uh, you hold little to no affinity with. So it's, um, I don't think it would be fatal. I, 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 it's been a tough year for all businesses in all stars and stripes, but it's, it's, been, it's been a tough year for people with gambling addiction and people that are trying to like navigate life right now and these products are out there and they've not known where to turn and gambling suddenly becomes a vice. It, it's, we've got to think about these people as well. It, it's been a seriously tough year for them and, and we can't go on like this. Jason, do you think that there's any uh, room for something like responsible sponsorship? In other words, having sponsorship, but on a different level than we see today, um, where it's taken into consideration what kind of messaging their sponsorship may, um, may, may really be giving uh, as you mentioned, unintended consequences, mm -hmm. but sort of like in the responsible gambling scheme, uh, saying, okay, well, you can sponsor certain teams, but within certain restrictions. I wonder, is, th is there any room for something like that? Or is that not something that is even given consideration? I mean, it is. Um... Well, one issue we've had in the UK is often kind of responsible gambling campaigns haven't gone far enough um, and haven't kind of stemmed the tide of what was needed when people became aware of the types of problems that were rearing their heads and the types of products that were causing harm. Um, these campaigns simply didn't go far enough. Um, there, there is the possibility for that, but the, like the unintended consequences I always come back to is when the gamification of, of sport that children watches occurs. It's very hard to counteract that without just fully removing gambling advertising. Um, and that, that that's a question of morality and what we want from a society and things like that. And there are, there are many countries in Europe still that ban gambling advertising in football almost entirely within their domestic leagues. Just we haven't yet had that in the UK since 2005, really, when, when it all came in. How would you respond to somebody that says, okay, well, it should, you know, this this policy or, or this approach shouldn't just be limited to advertising. The fact that um, Gamban and, and many other um, either uh, uh, sellers of products or services 
that favor problem gamblers and, and support problem gamblers, the fact that there's any type of collaboration with operators um, is just, you know, it taints the whole system. Yeah. And therefore it should be completely um, eliminated from one's business model. Yeah, we work with operators because we want to access people at their at any moment possible where they might feel like they need support. And the only common denominator there is that the operators will always have access to people that are looking to self-exclude because they're looking to self-exclude from their platforms. Um, so we work closely with operators on that, but we also talk very work very, very stringently with uh, public health bodies in all states. Um, we, we don't kind of do anything for operators other than offer our services to people that want to self-exclude from their platform. Um, we don't really give guidance beyond that. It's just we're a tool here. We're an industry leading tool for gambling blocking software. We're the best gambling blocking software solution there is um, that currently exists. So we want anyone who wants to abstain from gambling to be able to avail of that service. Um, yeah, it's, it's that we're, we're not in support of the industry. We want to work collaboratively so that we can get our product to those who need it. And that creates a slightly more sustainable industry for those that can't because a portion of people can gamble without we can just leave it behind but when they've done if they've set out their preset limit and then they stop gambling but for those that can't that's what that's why we exist and you remove those people from the ecosystem and you get them on their recovery journey which is tantamount all right jason you've studied and studied you've seen the effects in the uk you have the expertise knowledge Predict the future for me. What do you see happening here in the U.S.? How do you see it going? And it's um, okay. I'll forgive you in six months, two years, if, if, if you were slightly off. It's all right. Um, it's going to be interesting. Um, certainly from a lot of conversations we've had with, with stakeholders in the U.S., there's an understanding that what happened in the U.K. took the best part of the decade to kind of fully come to fruit. But the types of products that cause the most harm now already exist and they will be on offer to people in the United States from day one in, in, as these products roll out. So I think the markers of harm are going to show their head far quicker um, and we're going to have hopefully a more sincere conversation. Um, I think the patchiness of the 50 state approach, I understand that is very important to the United States, but when delivering support to people in this context, it's going to cause issues. Um, we welcome what Conscious Gaming have undertaken with Playpause. It's a hugely ambitious project. Um, it's going to take a lot of time to build something like that, and it's, it's going to be difficult, but it's going to take kind of that level of collaboration and, and partnership to hopefully build an ecosystem that prevents that. And within the next two years, that might not be that probably won't be completed, but we'll be there on the front line trying to support that those efforts. And what is in store for Gamban in the future? Um, well, we are carrying on with the Talkman Stop campaign in the UK. Uh, but beyond that, we are in a lot of conversations in Europe, in Africa, and with multiple states in the US about the existing infrastructure and also kind of talking policy and, and, and what measures might want to be implemented going forward. Um, 
looking to supplement the ecosystem and the hard work of, of councillors and public health bodies in the US who have been there since long before this was ever legalised in the US because these products have been accessible for a number of years, be it bricks and mortar institutions or new emerging forms of gambling. Um, we're, we're there on the front line talking and trying to help and build the right kind of harm reduction and because it is harm reduction but like not harm reduction in the way of education and prevention we're there for those that need genuine clinical support we want to be one of a suite of tools that will help them on their recovery journey and as far as you know the good mental health of the good people at gamban i saw a photo the other day you guys actually got together in person to work absolutely collaboratively for the first yes. time in, a, in, a, in quite a while right yeah, uh, we, we work full time from home. Um, I'm the only London based uh, employee, but I managed to drag them all to London and uh, it was good to meet some of them in, in person for the first time. It was it was a weird year to start work, but um, <laughs> work closely with all my colleagues on a daily basis. But it, it was really quite nice to go out for dinner and just see people and feel some sense of normality. Yeah, that sounds nice. We yeah. did that as well. I saw some family over the weekend and it was just nice to see people and be around people. Yeah. Good for the mental health yeah uh, and yeah yeah absolutely and i hope to in the coming months once things open up and hopefully the worst of what we're all going through right now is over i'll, I'll be showing my face in the united states fairly frequently i'd love to meet you both in time and, well we're, and, we're we're close to wherever you fly into so please let us know absolutely no sam and you and everyone else i've been talking to since i started um, becoming familiar with a lot of people in the US, but really looking forward to just meeting everyone in person and, and hopefully helping with the efforts to kind of make sure that people get the support they need when they need it. Uh, that's incredible. I, I mean, people like yourself who go out there to help other people, just all the praise in the world to you. So thanks for what you do and thanks everybody at Gamban. And again, thanks for the sponsorship as always, because it helps Jeff and I spread the word. So really appreciate everything you guys are doing. Thank you very much, Jason Heffern. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. And thanks, everybody, for listening. This podcast is owned by Lee Street Media, LLC. Music provided by T-Vance. Remember, this is a podcast. The views expressed on the podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. If you need help for a gambling addiction, please seek professional help.